You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are in week six of a series that we're calling This Is Us. And it's a series where we are teaching through our 10 values as a church. And our values really are our DNA as a church. It's really what makes us uniquely us. And here's why values are so important, not just in a church, not just in an organization, but here's why values are so important like to you individually. And it's because values always determine decisions. That's the principle behind this series is that the values in our lives, they really create like a filter for decision-making of how we live our lives and what we do and what we don't do. And that's why values are so stinking important because they determine our decisions. And so my prayer throughout this whole series is not just that you would know our values. My prayer is that you would live our values, that our 10 values that we have as a church would become your values because you are the church and that these values would then start to determine the decisions that you make throughout your week and at your job and in your family and that they would that they would become like filters for decision making for your life and that's why we're doing this series and so far we talked about five out of the ten values so in week one of this series we talked about the very first value that is always on every list and that is Jesus is our message. If we're new around here, just know our message is not behavior modification. Our message is not religion, that our message always and will be Jesus. That's our message. Jesus is our message. Then in week two, we talked about that people are our priority. That's our greatest asset is people. In week three, we talked about unity is our pursuit and it always has to be pursued. Like unity will never drift to unity. So it always has to be pursued and it's so worth it because that unity commands a blessing. In week four, we talked about passion is our response. When we think about what God has done in our life, the only logical response is passion, to give him our very best. So if we're gonna sing, man, we're gonna sing with passion. That if we're gonna engage in God's word today, we're gonna engage in God's word with passion today. So passion is our response. In week five, last week, we talked about honor is our posture, that we will always be people who make the choice to take the posture of honor. And today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, I wanna talk about the sixth value, and that is excellence is our standard. That we're gonna be people who make the decision that excellence in every area of our life is gonna be our standard. Let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us today. God, we thank you for your word. I'm so thankful that this is so much more than just a history book, an out-of-date book of old stories, but this is the living, breathing word of God. It's alive, it's powerful. And God, as we open up this book, I ask God that you would speak to us. But even more than that, as we open up this book, we open up our hearts and our lives to you, everything. And we ask God, would you speak to us today? Even people that may be in this room that maybe already heard this message one time through, God, would you speak to them fresh and new? God, because I believe that you wanna speak to us. And so God, we open up every area of our life to you. We don't wanna go through motions today. 
But God, we, we literally wanna be transformed, renewed by your word and walk out of here different than how we walked in. So God, would you speak to us today? We thank you for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus. And everybody said a loud. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you, LaSan. Tickling those ivories. So beautiful. Okay. Um, how many of you, uh, just by show of hands, have you ever been somewhere and you've been like blown away by the experience? Maybe it was like an incredible product. Maybe it was incredible customer service. Just how many of you have ever been somewhere and man, you were just blown away by what you experienced? I will never forget the first time that I went and stayed at a Ritz-Carlton Hotel, which is known really worldwide for their excellent customer service. And, um, and I even remember the exact date. It was May 22nd, 2004, almost 18 and a half years ago. And I remember that date because it was the day that I got married to that fine looking woman there on that front row. It was the day that we got married. Yeah, I started it right, fellas. Okay, I started it right. Right off the bat, we're going to the Ritz, okay? I didn't have a job, but I took her to the Ritz, okay? And so we rolled up on May 22nd, 2004 in my 1995 green Toyota Camry that was missing two of the four hubcaps. Y'all don't even know nothing about hubcaps. Two of them were gone. I mean, just gone. Not rims, hubcaps. And um, just rolled up there in my green Toyota Camry, 1995, strong. And we were, she was wearing her wedding dress. I was wearing my tux that was rented from Men's Warehouse. Shout out Men's Warehouse. And the valet stopped us and we got out and tossed him the keys and, and we popped the trunk. He got, our, he got our bags out of the car, asked us our name, congratulated us, say, so, man, it's so awesome that you're spending here on your, on your wedding day, congratulates us, and then directs us so kindly to the front door. And so we go and we make our way to the front door and then, then somebody comes out, another worker comes out and opens the door and says, welcome Mr. and Mrs. Cromer. And that kind of took me back because one, we'd only heard that one other time. And that was the pastor that married us and said, hey, everybody, I want to introduce you for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. Cromer. And so said that, it was kind of, oh, I like the sound of that. I love you, girl. And, uh, you know, just did that, made us in our fields. But then I was like, wait a second. I don't know that man. How did he know my name? And when I, when I looked intently and I saw that he had an earpiece. And when the person who got my car who I tossed the keys to and said, be careful with that 95 uh, Camry. <laughs> and when I did that, he radioed to all the other workers our names so that when we got to the door, they greeted us by name. But it didn't end there. We go to the front desk. And when we go to the front desk, they're like, welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Cromer. Your room is all ready for you. Then another worker comes out from behind the little area and is holding two glasses of champagne and gives us two glasses of champagne. And we're like, congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Cromer. And uh, the funny thing is, um, Heather, when we got married, was only 20 years old at the time. So, so if, you, if you don't know, that is below the legal drinking age in, in, in the United States of America. Uh, so being the very good, innocent, pure, high moral, church-going person that she has always been. She's like, is this okay? Like, um, if I drink this, will I go to jail? Like, will they, 
will this business establishment have to close because they served alcohol to minors? Like, what is, what is going on? And, and then we go up to our room and we get into our room. Guys, the lights were already on and the temperature was already set to the perfect temperature. And then we walk in and the bed has like these towels that were like in the shape of geese. It's like towel art. It was unbelievable. Now, I'll stop the story there because it was our wedding day, you know, and, and so we'll just stop it right there. The rest of it doesn't have anything to do with the Ritz. And so, um, hello. But it was an unforgettable experience. I mean, literally, 18 and a half years later, I still remember the experience of going to the Ritz Carlton. Now, there's, there's something about excellence that's unforgettable. And listen, we believe that people shouldn't only experience that level of excellence at hotels and theme parks and restaurants. No, we believe, like we have a deep conviction that people should experience that level of excellence in the house of God and anytime people get around the people of God. We believe that with all our heart. Now, here is my best working definition of excellence. This week, here, here's what I kind of wrote down. And if you wanna write this down, here's my best working definition. Excellence is doing the absolute best I can with the gifts, abilities, time, resources, and opportunities that I've been given for the glory of God and for the good of people. So when we say, hey guys, we have this value that excellence is our standard, what we're saying is that we want to do the very best that we can with the gifts and the abilities and the time and the resources and opportunities that we've been given, why? for the glory of God and for the good of people. In other words, get this, excellence is doing your very best with what you got. At the end of the day, that is what we're talking about. That excellence is doing your very best with what you got and that is our standard. Now for the rest of our time today, I wanna make sure that you understand why because I just don't want you to know that excellence is our standard. I want you to know why we have this deep conviction here and what that actually can mean for your everyday life. Because when I think about why excellence is our standard, there's two main reasons that I wanna share with you today. And number one is this, is that the number one reason is because excellence honors God. First and foremost, excellence, it honors God. And we talked last week about our value, that honor is our posture. And we talked about one of the people that we should honor is that we should always honor God with how we live our lives. And let me tell you practically, one of the best ways that you can honor God is excellence. In fact, in Colossians chapter three, it says this in verse 23, it says, whatever you do, look at your neighbor and say, whatever. Look at your other neighbor and say louder, whatever. Okay, it says whatever. So that means what you do today. That means what you do tomorrow. That means what you do this week. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an, an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. See, this verse says that you're not only working for your company, 
that you're not just working for your boss, that you are working for Jesus. That when you go to work, like it matters because what you do honors God. Listen to the message version of this exact verse that we just read. It says, don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart. Notice it's, notice where it comes from. It comes from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll be paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. And then it just adds this last one. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. And the church said, mm, mm. I always tell people that come in to preach, like, like because we're a note-taking church, so there's no hands most of the time. So I tell them, like, when our church likes something, they'll go, mm. They'll just go, mm. Okay. Here's what these verses are saying. These verses say that whatever you do, do your very best with all your heart as if you're doing it for Jesus. That's what these verses are saying. These verses are saying, hey, whatever, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as if you're doing it for Jesus. Because when you do, it honors God. And by the way, this applies to every single area of your life. Like this applies to how you manage your time and how you schedule in your calendar. This applies to how you take care of everything. This applies to your home. This applies to your car and your possession. This applies to how clean your room is. Hello, this applies to how you steward like your personal finances. This applies to every single relationship that you have, your marriage, your parenting, your friendships, to all the students that are here today. Like this applies to how you approach school. This applies to how you do homework and how you prepare for tests. This applies to every single person that has a job, how you do your job. This applies to whether you like your job or whether you don't like your job. This applies to whether like the job that you have right now, that it's something that is your career and it's something that you want to pursue for years and years and years. And it also applies to something that maybe you're just doing seasonally just to make sure that you're taking care of the bills. Like this applies to every single thing. This applies whether you're a doctor, whether you're a pilot, whether you're a nurse. Well, I mean, I hope pilots man, fly with some excellence. That's what I'm saying. This applies whether you're an attorney, a teacher, an entrepreneur, a CEO, a small business owner, a stay-at-home mom or dad, whether you're a barista, whether you're an admin assistant, whether you're a graphic designer, a babysitter, or an Uber driver. This applies whether you work in real estate, in marketing, construction, HR, retail, or deliver for Amazon or DoorDash. Like it all matters because it all honors God. Listen, I'm convinced. I'm going to get on a little soapbox. I'm convinced that Christians should be the best employees in every single field. I believe with all my heart, I have a deep conviction that no matter what your field is, 
that followers of Jesus should be the best employees, that people who don't even know Jesus want to hire people who follow Jesus because of how they act and how they work, that, that, that how like we should honor God by how we work, that we should make God literally attractive by how we work, that we should be people of the highest character, the highest integrity in the marketplace, that we should be trustworthy with everything that is handled, handed to us, that we should be good stewards of every single dollar that is entrusted to us, every single budget, every single project, every single client that we have that we should constantly have joy when we walk into the workplace because our joy isn't from circumstances, that we should come in because we have a joy that cannot be taken from us, that no matter what's happening in the world or in politics or in the, like that we can come in and we can have joy, we can have peace that passes all understanding, meaning that we go into every environment that we're in and we're a non-anxious presence, that when we go somewhere, that literally with our words, we speak life and not death, like the Bible says, that, that we should be the best employees, that we should care about every single detail. And let me just step on your toes a little bit, that we should always be on time. I think that that's an important thing. My man, it's important. I used to have a coach that was like, if you're on time, you're late, you know? And what's he trying to teach me? He's trying to teach me this principle of like, I need to be excellent in my schedule and how I get to, and it is important that we're on time to play. It all matters. It all matters. I love this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. where he said, brilliant, this is so brilliant. He said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Whatever you do, do your best with all your heart as if you're doing it for Jesus. Excellence, it's our standard. Why? First and foremost, because when you choose to live your life that way in every single area of your life. Listen, you honor God. It's important. Why is excellence our standard? Because it honors God. Number two, excellence is our standard because excellence inspires people. See, not only does it honor God, but it inspires people. That's why, by the way, that we remember excellent hotels and restaurants it's why we remember Disney. It's why, why? Because it inspires people. And my favorite example of this in the Bible is a story that you can find in 1 Kings chapter 10. And before we read it, I want to make sure that you have a little context. Because at this time, there's a guy named Solomon that is the king of Israel. Now, during his time as king, everything thrived. I mean, the nation thrived, financially the nation thrived. And when he was king, he built the very first permanent temple in Jerusalem. Before that, they had what was known as the tabernacle, which was more of a portable setup, set up, take down, move somewhere, do that. But he built the very first permanent temple. And it actually took 20 years, the Bible says, to build this temple. And, but the temple was immaculate, 
when it got finished, it was so detailed. It was beautiful. And by the way, how many of you have ever heard the expression that the devil is in the details? How many of you ever heard that expression? The devil's in the details. That's a lie. It's just a lie. The devil is not in the detail. God is in the details. If you don't believe me, go watch a sunrise or a sunset and just see the amazing details that's there. If you don't believe me, go study the human body, the intricacies of there, of all the different systems that are happening all at the same time, the skeletal system, the muscle symptom, the, 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 the nervous system, all working together at the same time. I mean, it's unbelievable. And if you don't believe me, go to 1 Kings or go to 2 Chronicles and just read in the Bible about the building of this temple that we're about to talk about. Because there's chapter after chapter after chapter that if you look at it through one's land, you're like, snooze fest, this is so boring. But if you look at it through what God's trying to teach us in these chapters, it's saying like, I'm so in the details of everything. And every detail matters. Why? Because people matter and these details matter. And when we do it, we honor God and God uses it to inspire people. And so you see about this, I'm telling you, God is in the details. And if God is in the details, we are going to be in the details. So Solomon, he builds this excellent, immaculate, beautiful, detailed temple. And people start to come from all over to just experience it for themselves. And that's where we pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 10, starting in verse 1. I'm reading from the message and it says that the queen of Sheba, so this is a queen from another land, heard about Solomon and his connection with the name of God. And she came to put his reputation to the test by asking tough questions. And let me pause right there and say, that's the type of church that we want to be. We want to be the type of church where people with tough questions can come and know that you belong because we've all had them at some point. Some of you, I just feel so deep in my heart. Some of you have felt guilty for the questions that you ask. And I'm telling you that God can handle your questions. You are not the first and you will not be the last. And so this will always be a safe place to ask tough questions. And so that's what happens. This lady comes, she has these tough questions. And then she made this grand and showy entrance into Jerusalem. Camels loaded with spices, a huge amount of gold and precious gems. And she came to Solomon and talked about all the things that she cared about, emptying her heart to him. And Solomon answered everything that she put to him. Nothing stumped him. And when the queen of Sheba experienced for herself Solomon's wisdom and saw with her own eyes the palace that he had built, this temple that he had built, but not just the architecture, but the meals that were served, the impressive array of court officials and the sharply dressed waiters. Like that's the dream team that was there. Just like, just noticed how they were acting and just their, their fashion and how awesome and excellent that it was. The lavish crystal and the elaborate worship, extravagant with whole burnt offerings at the steps leading up to that temple of God. And listen to what it says. It says it took her breath away. In other words, it was, it was breathtaking. Another translation that I read this week said that she was overwhelmed. And not just overwhelmed by the, by the architecture, but by the whole experience. And so it goes on to say that she said to the king, it's all true. 
Your reputation for accomplishment and wisdom that reached all the way to my country is confirmed. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. They didn't exaggerate such wisdom and elegance far more than I could ever have imagined. Lucky the men and women who work for you, getting to be around you every day and hear your wise words firsthand. And get this, blessed be God, your God. In other words, the excellence that she experienced led to her worshiping a God that she did not know when she walked into that place. It led to her going, oh, your God is beautiful. Not just you, not just your wisdom, not just your architecture, not just your awesome waiters with their cool clothes. It's like, God, you're God. And it brought attention to God. And, it's, and then it said, who took such a liking to you and made you king. Clearly God's love for Israel is behind this, making you king to keep a just order and nurture a God-pleasing people. Now that's what we want. By the way, those nine verses is what we want people to experience when they come to our church. If you wanna know what our goal is with everything that we do is for people to experience that. And let me just make sure that we're all on the same page and contextualize what we just read to what? See, the king in this story, it represents King Jesus. You need to know that Jesus is more than a man and a good teacher. He is a king. He is a king. That's why I love that song that we said, all hail King Jesus. I just imagine a king coming in and just everybody just gets on their knees and this is, our king is here. That, like the kingdom of God is a kingdom. And so we have a king. And so the king, King Solomon in this story, it represents today King Jesus. And the temple actually represents the church. And the servants, that represents us. That's you and me. And then the Queen of Sheba, it represents all the guests that may be coming here. Maybe those that are disconnected from God. Maybe people that have been disconnected from church for decades. Maybe it's those with questions and with doubts. Maybe those that are far from God and don't have a relationship with them who are coming to see the king for the very first time and experience the excellent environment and that, that has been created for the king. And just like this story, we want to do everything we can with such excellence to be able to create a reputation where people from all over our city say, yeah, I've got to go see and experience what's happening at Queen City Church for myself. And when they do, man, I pray that what they experience is so much better than what they heard. That it just, that it exceeds expectation. It's more than what they could even imagine. It literally takes their breath away. It's a breathtaking experience where they walk away forever changed. Not because they came into a building, not because they heard some music or heard a decent message. It's because they experienced and met the King. That that's what we want people to experience. And let me make this crystal clear. We are not trying to be a big church, but we are unapologetically trying to make a big difference. Like we are unapologetically trying to help as many people as possible, you included, to meet and experience the King and have a relationship with King Jesus. And that's why we do everything that we do at our church with excellence. We try our very best. And it starts all the way with our setup team who got here this morning, guys, at 6.30 a.m. 
that got here at 6.30 before anybody else to set up everything. But they just didn't toss stuff in there. They set up everything with excellence so that when people showed up that we weren't setting up. It's why our worship team, I want you to know that they rehearse and they practice and they put time into their craft each and every week. Listen, they're not just playing music. They're not just performing. They're not just putting on a show. No, I can tell you with full integrity, this amazing team that leads us in worship every single week with full integrity, they're not putting on any show. They don't want any attention for themselves. What they're trying to do is to use the gifts that God's given them to the most excellent ability so that we experience the presence and the power of God. It's why I prepare 20 to 25 hours at minimum every single week just for this time right here because I'm desperately every single week spending hours and hours trying to talk with God, trying to hear in private what he wants to say in public. Not what I want to say, but God, what do you want to say to your church today? And that just takes time. And I can tell you this with full integrity, I've never one time stood in front of you and just winged it. You know why? Because you deserve so much more than that. And, and not only that, this book says in James chapter three, verse one, that I will be held accountable for how I communicate this book. And that means I do not wing it because I'm gonna have to talk to God about it, not just you. And so it matters. So I wanna prepare with excellence everything that we do. It's why our production and our creative teams work so hard each and every week to create excellent, non-distracting environments so that you can connect with God. And that happens here in this room, like the amazing guys that are back there, but it also happens in another room where they're creating an amazing experience just for online. I'm telling you, why do we do that? Because we know that that excellence inspires people to meet the King. It's why we think through every single sign. It's why from the very parking lot all the way to the lobby, every single sign is thought about so things are clear, so that people that come for the first time that may have questions, that one of the questions they don't ask is, where do I go to the bathroom? Why? Because the sign says where to go to the bathroom. We think through those things. And not only that, but that those signs are excellent and creative. It's why we transform the cafeteria into a very clean, safe, fun environment with different classrooms of pipe and drape. We call it the fabric kingdom. Back there for our kids ministry. That you go back there, like, I don't know what you think of when you think of what's happening back there. Because if you don't have kids, we don't let you back there because of security, okay? <laughs> but I'm telling you what, like, there's people that get here early and set up everything and these rooms that are filled with games and toys and carpets and changing tables and rockers. Why? so that our kids can meet King Jesus at their level. That's why we do, it's why our admin team works so hard behind the scenes and the type of personalities that they are, they don't even like that I'm talking about them right now because they're so humble and so amazing and they do so many things behind the scenes at our church. Like if you walked in and you got handed one of those worship guides is that they stuffed it, they took the time to stuff each and every one of those before we got here today so that you could grab that. You know, it's why our hospitality team, shout out HT, they focus on how things look and how things feel. And they put those little small finishing touches on every single environment. And they brew some bomb, awesome coffee. Come on, how many had coffee today at that? Come on, that was our hospitality team that made that. And we're not serving Folgers. No, no disrespect, okay? So if you do that, 
It's cool. But we don't do that, okay? We, got, we bump it up a little bit. It's why we have these. I don't know if you know what these are. These are scent machines. These aren't little Glade plugins either. Like these things are real deal, high industrial scent machines to make sure that we pump that good, good smell in here the whole time. Because I don't know if you know this, that does smell good. Um, we're out of school. <laughs> Schools have a bunch of students in them. I don't know. Man, sometimes students smell like feet. Man, I was a youth pastor 14 years. And so we, we come in here, we pump these early so that, you, that, that it smells all good. And I want you to hear this. It's, it's why we take such a high responsibility to make sure that we steward every single dollar that is given to this church. To make sure that we know that when people give to God, that they can do it with full confidence, knowing that that's going to be stewarded with excellence. Listen, all we do, everything that we do, we believe that excellence, it opens a door for more and more people to meet our King, to meet Jesus. And I just want to take a moment and I want to honor our entire dream team. Everybody that serves at this church, I don't care what team that you're on, I want you to know that I love you so much, that I'm so grateful for all that you do, like, like in front of the things that are seen, the things that are unseen. I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that you are making a massive difference in the lives of, of, of so many people and that everything that when you put it together, it makes something so beautiful where people get to experience King Jesus. So I honor you today. Today, dream team. Come on, can you clap your hands? Come on and honor our dream team today. And let me just say, let me just say that, it, that, if, that if you are not currently on our dream team and you would like to be, man, I want to invite you to be a part of our team because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that our team will be better with you on it. I believe that there's some greatness on the inside of you, that there's some, some gifts and some abilities that, that, man, when you get to do that, God can use that in a way to help more and more people introduce. And so maybe you're here and you're interested in doing that. I just want to encourage you, come to Grow Track today. That's how you can do it. That's how you can eventually be on the team. Is that, is that to go and to go through growth track. I'm teaching step one and you gotta know about our heart and our vision, our story and why we do everything we do that sets the foundation so that then you can discover how you're made and we wanna help you find a spot, makes you come alive whenever you serve around here. And so that is what I want. I just wanna challenge you, encourage you. If you've never done it, come hang out in growth track today. Or maybe it's been years since you've done growth track and you need a reminder, come today. It'll be good for you to hear this all over again. I'll probably change some things anyway. So come, hang out with us. Get some food. We'll take care of your kids. It'll be great. Okay, come to Grow Track today. Come to Grow Track today. But this principle, here's what I want you to get. This principle of excellence that it inspires people, it also applies to your individual life. It doesn't just apply to church. It applies to your individual life. That excellence in your day-to-day -day life will inspire people. In fact, let me get really practical. Excellence in your everyday life may inspire him to ask you out. And excellence in your everyday life may inspire her to say yes when you have the guts to ask her out. So your hygiene matters, fellas, okay? Okay. 
like excellence in your job, day after day, month after month, year after year, may inspire your boss to give you a raise or a promotion. In fact, there's an example of this in the Bible. In Daniel chapter six, listen to what it says in verse one. It says, it pleased Darius, who is a Babylonian king, to set, the, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, which that's leaders. So think, when you see that word, think of the word leader, to be over the whole kingdom. And over these 120 leaders, three governors. So, okay, I'm gonna select 120 leaders and I'm gonna elevate these 120 people into leadership. But then I'm gonna take three people and put those three people in an even higher leadership role over those 120 leaders. We're tracking? It says these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps, the leaders might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. So Daniel, man of God, was promoted to be a leader of leaders. And verse three tells us why. It says, then this Daniel, he distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, the leaders, because an excellent spirit was in him. See, what distinguished Daniel, what set Daniel apart was his excellent spirit. Everything he did, he did with excellence. And that led, that inspired people to give him a promotion. Listen, excellence precedes promotion every time. Church, this is who we are in here and out there. Excellence is our standard. Why? Because excellence honors God and inspires people. Now, as we end, there's something that is really on my heart that I wanna make sure that I share and make very crystal clear. Because when I was praying and thinking about our time together, one thing that I, I like to do is I try to make a practice as I prepare of asking God to help me understand what it's like to sit in those comfortable green wooden chairs and hear the messages. Like, what would that look like in my life? I'm actually going to counseling, your boy's in therapy, and one of my biggest goals is that I'm trying to grow in empathy. I'm trying to grow in, can I put myself in somebody else's shoes? And so, as I do this, and I prepared for this week, here's what I felt like God say, is that one of the biggest lies of the enemy that he will be whispering into people's ears as they hear this message is that he will, through lies and deception, warp this principle that excellence is our standard into something that it's not. That he'll warp it into not just excellence is our standard, but that perfection is our standard. I want to look you all in the eyes and make sure that you understand crystal clear that what we are talking about today is excellence, not perfection. Perfection is not a synonym of excellence. Excellence is not perfection. In fact, perfectionism, get this, can actually be a form of bondage. 
that can and will destroy your life. Like perfectionism can be something that literally pulls an e-brake on everything in your life because you can't make decisions, you can't have an opinion because if you do, what if it's the wrong one? And so perfectionism, it doesn't make you better, it makes you actually like in bondage. And so I, I, I do not want you to hear that what we're talking about is perfection because we're not. We're talking about excellence. And excellence isn't about being perfect and getting everything right. It's about doing your very best. And God led me and reminded me of my two boys this week, thinking about this. Heather and I, we have two sons. We have Jordan who's 11 and Caleb who's eight. And as a dad, man, I never expect them to be perfect. I never expect their behavior to be perfect. I never expect their schoolwork to be perfect. I never expect them to get perfect grades on every test. I never expect them if they play a sport or have an extracurricular activity that they're perfect in all those things. Here's what I expect as their dad. I expect, and I tell them this, I expect you to do your very best. And I tell them, guys, no matter the result, if you know that you know that you know that you did your very best, fellas, I am so proud of you. You may not have did the, per and all, all the parents in here, you know, you know. Now we don't expect perfection, but man, we do expect them to do their very best. Here's my question, where did that come from? I think it comes from the fact that we were all made in the image of God. And here's what I want you to hear as we end today. So I think God says the same thing. I think he is up in heaven and he looks down on his kids. He's saying, I never expect you to be perfect. I just want you to do your best. And let me just represent as an earthly dad, let me represent your heavenly father. And just let me look you all in the eyes and just say, hey, in your job, in your parenting, you may not get it all right. You may not be perfect. You may miss a deadline. You may forget to email back. You may lose your cool on your kids after a long day. Amen. It's real, real talk here, real talk but let me represent God. I'm so proud of you for doing your best. And this week, just do your best. Just do your very best. If that means you make a B instead of an A and you know that you did your very best, I'm so proud of you. At your job this week, if you don't, if you're not perfect, I'm still so proud of you because you did your very best. And the truth is that we have to understand is that there's only ever been one person who has ever managed to be perfect. And friends, you and I are not him. In fact, we desperately need him. And that's why we call him our savior. And that's why we call him our Lord that he's in charge, that he gets to call the shots. 
because he was perfect. See, Jesus, the son of God, he came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. And then he willingly laid down his perfect life for our imperfections so that we, as a result, could be made perfect in the eyes of God. And now everything we do, how we live our lives, how we are at home, how we are at our jobs, how we are every single place that we go is a response to what he's already done to us. Listen, he's given his very best to us, his one and only son, so that we could give our very best to him in every single thing that we do inside these walls and outside of these walls. Church excellence is our standard. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And in just a moment, we're gonna end a little bit different. And I wanna pray a very specific prayer over our church today. But before we do that, I do want you to take just a moment to just ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? Maybe ask him for a next step. I think this is one of those messages that really affects what we do tomorrow. And so ask him, take the time to pray that prayer. Just say, God, will you speak to me? What does my response need to be to this message? Now, one thing that we always wanna do every single week at our church before we respond to anything like this is that we wanna give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus, whether that's for the first time or it's all over again, because here's the truth. Anything that we would walk out of here and do without first doing that would be behavior modification. That's why it's so important that we first get that right. And the cool thing is, is that you can do that right now. And so maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to receive the free gift of grace. Maybe you've never given him your life or maybe you have in the past, but for whatever reason is that now you find yourself far from God. And maybe today you just need a fresh start. You need to say, God, I need to come back to you. I need to give you my life all over again. And we wanna give you that opportunity. We're not gonna point you out, make you come forward, embarrass you in any way. We'd like to create a very private, intimate moment just with you and God. But I am gonna ask you to take a step of faith. And that step of faith is to simply raise your hand in the air and say, include me in this prayer. So if you're here and you know that is your choice today, I need to make that decision. I need to give my life to God, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again. On the count of three, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air and say, include me in that prayer. One, two, three. If you're here and that's you, that's it. That's it. That's awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, I got you. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's awesome. It's awesome. You can put your hand down and pray something like this just in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life or part of my life without you. Right now, I change that. I invite you into my life. You don't have to force yourself in. I invite you in. Will you change me? And will you make me brand new? God, I invite you into my thoughts. I invite you into my emotions. I invite you into my relationships. I invite you into everything. In fact, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life, every area. And right now, I receive your grace. I receive a fresh start today. And I choose to follow you. And we thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Church, will you do me a favor? Will you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate with those that just made that decision. Come on, tell them that you're proud of them. Come on, that's awesome.
never gets old. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.